Hello and welcome to episode 3 of Need to Read. I was going to video this episode, but yesterday I had a crack at cutting my hair and I look like a tit, so I'm going to keep it just to audio for this until that's grown back a little bit. Um, I'm sure the hat would have given me a little bit of confidence in terms of showing that off, but I look like a B-Tech sort of old school monk. It's, it's not a good look, so if anyone's thinking about cutting their hair, I definitely wouldn't do so. I'm going to start this episode off talking about the questions that I was given um, on Instagram. The first question, it's probably my favourite question actually, is what did I dress up as for World Book Day uh, in school? Now, I don't dress up for World Book Day anymore and it made me think that I'm definitely going to start doing that again. Um, I don't like the fact that I'm an adult and what that means is that I can't dress up for World Book Day. So next time that comes around, I'm 100% dressing up. When I was in school, I was obsessed with Star Wars and to the point where when I was in year three for about four or five months up until parents evening came around and had to stop I was writing Obi-Wan Kenobi on every piece of work so I was I was consistent with it so they knew it was me I wasn't changing the names but yeah it was Star Wars pretty much every world book day I was dressing up as a character from Star Wars mainly Obi-Wan Kenobi second question I got was how do I choose my books I mentioned in the last podcast about Goodreads the app I chuck my books on there you rate them out of five and it suggests stuff for you that's a recent thing i used to just get suggestions from amazon or suggestions from my friends and another question that i was asked is do i sort of highlight books or put note cards in there or make notes on books i don't but i think that is quite a good idea if that's what you're into because you can write down your sort of main takeaways just mean that you don't have to revisit the book or if you're going to give the book away you don't have to re sort of rebuy it as it were I've been folding pages in the book that I'm talking about today. I've probably folded one in five pages because I just think there's something in one in five pages, uh, funnily enough. Now, it doesn't make the book look that good, but it's it's my idea of what I'm doing. I'm probably going to start highlighting stuff as I go along, just sort of once I've read through a chapter, anything that stood out to me in my head, I'll go back, find it and highlight it. There are definitely parts in books that stand out way more than others. Some of the books, you get a feeling that the story's just there just to pad it out and just to fill the pages and just to make the book a little bit longer. But yeah, that's that's my way of doing things. Now, so the book that I'm talking about this week, I was actually really excited to get through and do a podcast on because it's probably my favourite book of the year so far, as I said earlier. I was a bit concerned when I first bought it and saw the title where it said about the disciplined pursuit of less. Um, the book's name is actually Essentialism, and it's written by a guy called Greg McCohen. Um, he's English, he's about 43 years old, smart bloke. Now, the disciplined pursuit of less, the reason that worried me is because I thought I was just going to start giving all my stuff away, and within about a month or so I'd end up with pretty much nothing in my room, and I'd be living some life like Mahatma Gandhi or something like that. Fortunately, I haven't really got an urge to do that, um, but it has sort of provoked a lot of thought in me about the way that I live my life and a way that I can potentially achieve a happier life, as it were, through becoming a bit more of an essentialist. And I think becoming an essentialist is definitely a journey. It's not something that will happen overnight unless you do just give all your shit away and decide to shave your head and move to Nepal. I'm not going to do that. Um, 
But if you choose to, that's your prerogative. Fair play and good luck to you. The content of the book, he starts talking about priorities and the word priority. There's a big quote. Each point along this book, there's nice little quotes that pop up and he writes them in really big letters so that they stand out so that you can take sort of pay attention to them. The first one is, if you don't prioritize your life, someone else will. That's pretty powerful because I can definitely think of times in my life where I'm saying yes to loads of people and I actually put myself on the back burner as opposed to me being the being even a priority in my life of just doing stuff for other people. Now the word priority was actually only singular until sort of early 1900s and that's when it became plural and there was priorities. Now arguably I'd say that that's a strong case for when the world started going to shit. Uh, but there's probably other other times that stand out in history, but look, I'm no historian. This is just my opinion. It's just changed in the last week on that, and it will probably change again next week. But as it turns out, being an essentialist isn't about giving all your shit away, unless you're Mahatma Gandhi, who, when he died, only owned about 10 items, I believe. I just read that chapter this morning, so I shouldn't have forgotten it already. It was 10 items. Now, you don't have to give all your stuff away. It's about learning to prioritize your own life as i've just said there making sure that you're a priority the people that are important to you are a priority and you're not just saying yes to everything that comes your way people definitely spread themselves too thin um, by being yes men it's something that i've definitely done before in pursuit of sort of trying to get myself further in a career or something even if i wasn't enjoying the career pretty much but you're under this pressure to say yes to things and make sure that you're seen as a person that will be that go-to guy that does stuff for people and it can take away from the stuff that you enjoy if you're working weekends or you're working evenings and it's taking time away from your kids or your partner or your family or just in general just doing shit that you enjoy now the book has got about 19 chapters on different parts of your life in which you can apply essentialism the first few is about sort of choice and a trade-off. Now, the trade-off is essentially choosing which problem do you want. Because in life, obviously, problems are going to come up, but it's about choosing the ones that you want and essentially choosing your poison, as it were. There's other chapters in here that stood out to me. I don't want to talk too much through each chapter because, like I said, I was folding every five pages. I could probably talk you through the whole book, but I'm not a narrator. That's not what I'm here to do. I'm here to just talk through the book and sort of give you my opinion on it. The chapter that stood out the most to me was centered around play. I sent an email out to my email list the other day. It's my first email list. If you are interested in getting emails from me, I'm just going to send a couple of those a week with a little bit of an update from me and sort of what I'm reading and hopefully a little bit of a story that might make you smile. So if you want to sign up for that, what I'll do is I'll put a link to sign up to my emails in the description of this. And when it comes to play, he talks about saying no to certain things that are going to take away from your own leisure time. Now, play is defined as anything that we do essentially just for the sake of it. That can be going skateboarding, something I've recently started, even though I've fallen off countless times and... I feel a little bit silly when I'm led on the floor at 25, just clutching my knee. But it's a nice escape from technology and you just get out in the fresh air. Now, play can be different for everyone. You could be drawing, you can be painting, you can be dancing around in your kitchen whilst you're cooking. It's anything that you do for fun that just puts a smile on your face. 
the sad thing about this is at some stage in our lives when we're children we stop playing we stop trying new things and we stop doing things just for the sake of it because we've got this weird thing that everything has to be a means to an end in life where people always want to be working towards something but the importance of just taking time out and doing something a little bit silly is it's incredible it can increase your sort of brain's plasticity creativity and for me since i've like sort of taken myself a little bit less seriously and just doing things for fun and just for the sort of sake of doing it as opposed to a means to the end my creativity's sort of gone through the roof i've been drawing and i am shit at drawing i cannot stress that enough when i'm coloring in the drawings that i'm doing i can't even keep it within the lines but I quite like it and you can get lost in doing it for a couple of hours and I haven't had to look at a screen, I haven't had to put stress on my eyes, I haven't been concerned about what other people are doing. It's just me and my really shitty drawing. And it's a nice escape, I'm not going to lie to you. The book talks about um, in Mary Poppins, I'm sure everyone's seen Mary Poppins, but the dad loses his job at the start of the film and he's just silly about it. he doesn't take it seriously he starts sort of acting mad as it were and it lifts everyone else's spirits and the importance of that is it's not just affecting you but it's affecting everyone else around you so if you're a little bit silly and you're impacting whoever you live with it might lift up their day and giving is living if you're giving a little bit of laugh to someone then you're going to feel good about it take it from me i cut my hair this week and it seemed to amuse a lot of people so I'm actually not that upset that I did that even though as a disclaimer it looks terrible and I won't be doing it again but made some people laugh so there you go and I can't stress the importance of making your friends laugh at a time like this because if we're going to be stuck in isolation for any longer it is really going to start impacting people's mental health as much as people can be practicing things so on a side note just make your friends laugh if you're not funny, find a friend that is and encourage them and everyone will feel better for it. So back to the book, there's a chapter on saying no to things, which essentially is what essentialism is about. See what I did there? Now, when you start saying no to things, you free up obviously time for yourself and, and time for doing things that you um, enjoy. There's a quote in the book that says no is a complete sentence. There's people that just say yes to the top 10% of opportunities. Warren Buffett, one of the richest men in the world, hasn't made his wealth through investing in hundreds of thousands of little businesses. He made a select number of investments that have paid off and he, he essentially is an essentialist. Fucking hell. Said it again. We'll roll with that anyway. Now we can learn from isolation where we're at, we, where essentially we've lost... 90% of our opportunities of doing stuff in the day anyway whereas at work people aren't asking you to do particular things you're not being asked to do different stuff you're not being asked to go to your girlfriend's six-year-old sister's birthday or anything like that this never happened to me by the way that's not like a live thing but you don't have to go to those things you can actually say no to those things people are going to respect you a bit more when you start saying no there are friends that you might have in life that you say yes to seeing them and when you see them you don't even like seeing them anymore you've been friends with them for 10 12 13 14 3 2 half a year 
you don't enjoy your time with them, start saying no to it. You're in control of your life. If you want to sort of become a bit more of an essentialist, you can you can whittle down the people that are in your life. Now, I've thought of something recently that if I get invited around someone's house after this isolation period's over, if I go in their bathroom and there's more than two packs of toilet roll in there, I'm cutting them out because they're a bad person and they've been hoarding toilet roll. It's a side note, but if anyone's listening here and you've got loads of toilet roll in your house, I've got my eye on you. I don't want to speak to you ever again because you're a bad person. Now, people are going to respect you more and your relationship is going to be more authentic when you start saying no to things when you actually don't want to do it because you're not pretending to be someone else. You're just being yourself. You're not being loved for who you're not and people might hate you for who you are but at least then you're being true to yourself and that's something that I've started doing recently and of course in my life I've been myself but I think people would be lying to themselves if there isn't a stage in their life where they've played up to a particular person because they wanted a particular thing but take it from me when you start being more yourself your relationships become more authentic you're not concerned about what the other person's thinking of you because if they don't want to be their friend for who you are then why would you want to be their friend anyway or why would you want to spend time with that person if they don't want to spend time with the real you at least then you're not acting um to become who you are but i've i've been sidetracked there by myself but that's what this podcast is about it's just about my thoughts on a particular book now there's a lot in this book about how less is more Jack Dorsey, I don't know if anyone knows who he is, but I'm sure you probably do. He's the CEO of Twitter, and he did a speech once, this is in the book, did a speech to a, a dinner sort of party, and there's a thousand things that he could be doing each day, but there's only one, two, or three things that are sort of an absolute must-do that day, and it's a priority. He actually splits his day down into, like, Monday marketing, like Marketing Mondays, let's call it, um, and, like tech tuesday talking about tech i'm making that bit up but he 100 percent splits his week down i just can't remember which day's which he's a ceo of twitter he's a billionaire if he's doing it he's definitely doing something right he talks about sort of in this book about the routine and flow and getting rid of different variables from your life that could impact your day in a negative way michael phelps the bloke that can swim really fast the won countless olympic medals he has a routine that he does before every race. And it's not that it's superstition, but it's just that's his routine. So he knows when he's in that routine, he's ste- stepping up there to win. So just have a think about your day. What what routine are you in or what things are, are added into your day that you don't necessarily care that much about, but you're just kind of doing for the sake of it. If you get into a routine, you might get into that state of flow. Um that's from a different book it's by a polish author it's called flow it's the art of happiness i haven't read it yet but it's on my pile and i'll talk about it another day um it's just it's a slightly intimidating book the words are really small and i'm a little bit scared of it but i'll get there and you'll hear about it now one of the other chapters um that really stood out to me in this book is about focus and the quote that's at the start of this chapter is life is available only in the present moment if you abandon the present moment, you cannot live in the moments of your daily life deeply. I can't pronounce the name of that person, but it's. But the good thing about it is you can Google it. 
and it saves me the embarrassment of having to mess up someone's name. Now, in terms of focus, what an essentialist does is mind is focused on the present. Um, they enjoy the moment and they tune into what's important right now. When you start doing that, the other parts of your life are going to fall in place. You don't have to spend too much time worrying about the future or what was important yesterday, uh, stressing about the past. If you get a pen and just draw a big old scribble in the shape of a circle, but just do loads and loads of different lines. And that's the mind of a non-essentialist. An essentialist, if you just draw a continuous circle, just go around a couple times and you'll see the difference that your mind's not all over the place. You're on a consistent flow of that circle. And I think that's the main thing about what being an essentialist is about, is getting rid of the distractions that keep your mind all over the place, allowing for a life with a little bit more sort of clarity and direction. So getting rid of people that you can't be asked with or tasks that don't sort of fulfill you and don't make you happy, it just brings around for a sort of happier and more successful life. Now this book, I can't stress enough that it is legit my favourite book of the year. At the end, he wraps it up quite nicely um, in a story that's actually pretty sad of a businessman whose child dies at the age of three. So he's putting together a video um, of this child's short life and as he's putting together this video he realises that most of the videos include the surroundings of where they were, where they went on holiday or what they were particularly doing at the time as opposed to focusing on the subject of the video which was the daughter so the moral of that story is that life is happening in front, in front of you and you've got to make sure that your life is not rammed packed with too many things that you can't enjoy it on a day to day now my overview of the book is, pardon the pun, but it's going to be an essential for your bookcase. Get it? It's changed my perspective on a lot of things and it's definitely made me think about the way that I live my life and how that I can start saying no and not being worried about saying no and you can gain that respect between you and your friends or anyone that you're in a relationship with is just saying no to those things that you're being authentic and you're being completely yourself. So you're not committing to things that you don't want to do. And you're not committing to people that cause you ag. It leads me on quite nicely to the quote that I've, I've picked for this week's sort of stoic thought of the week. Now, I said about this in the last um, episode. Hopefully, this one will give you a little bit of food for thought. But especially with everything going on at the moment and people's... People's anxiety is high at the moment. People are thinking about the future. People are thinking about the past. Now, we can't do anything about what's happening with the coronavirus. We can just stay inside and focus on our day-to-day. But the quote that I've read this week is by Marcus Aurelius. It says, All you need are these. Certainty of judgment in the present moment. Action for the common good in the present moment. And an attitude of gratitude in the present moment for anything that comes your way. Now, Essentially, that means control your perceptions, direct your actions properly, and willingly accept what's outside your control. We can't control the fact that we have to stay inside. We can't control the fact that the coronavirus is getting around. We can control what's in ours, what's within our sort of remit there. That's our attitude towards it, 
and what we do with our day-to-day whilst we're inside to keep ourselves sane. It might even be worth writing down things that you're missing at the moment so that you know when this is over and when life gets back to normal, you're more grateful for those things. That's 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 the end of, of me chatting for today. Uh, thanks for listening once again. If you're interested in getting my emails, like I said, they're going to be a couple of days a week. If you go onto the Instagram or Facebook and click on the link in the bio, you'll see where you can sign up for the emails. So have a crack at that. If you want to buy the book, the link is in the description. And it's my favorite book of the year. So that's only so far. Obviously, there's going to be a lot of books to come. I'll let you know if anything overtakes it. But currently, this puppy's on top. That's it. That's it for this week. Thanks for listening. Take it easy. Take care. Wash your hands. Try and do something every day that makes you happy. Be a bit silly. And just make sure that if someone asks you to do something that you don't want to do, just say no. Give it a go. And that's it. I'm out. Take care.